What's up? What's going on, everybody? It's Super Dave back again with another episode of the PA Political Revolution Podcast, where we are determined to give you accurate and good information that's going on in local, state, and national politics. Today is every episode. It's going to be a good one. Now I have some good topics up here for you. I know everything that's going on. We're talking about a few things going on with local politics. I want to talk about the national riots a little bit. And, uh, Whatever else I can think of. Let's go ahead and get get right into it, right? There was um on Facebook they've been having a lot of rumblings going on with with um this emergency meal provider, right? Uh, Miss Caitlin Bain of the Beaumont Enterprise. She had a great story came out um about exposing some 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 financial issues going on in City Hall in Port Arthur, right? And basic what this was, um, during during the emergency time, right, when he had um the um, the storm, I think it was Laura. But now when we had the storm, we had a um a meal provider, emergency meal provider already planned out. But since Laura didn't hit as hard as it uh did, we went ahead and switched that out and got a local person, right? Now, in doing that, we had to pay $20,000 for the council, the council, this uh, previous person that we had set up, and now we have this um, other local person. That's pretty much the uh, the gist of it, right? That's what I'm about to go ahead and talk about. I'm about to get into that in a little bit. So so just like I said, we haven't, we, 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 we already had a, a scheduled meal provider, and now we had to go ahead and pay them twenty thousand dollars to council that it was for a um a mobilization fee. And now we went ahead and got Mr. Uh, Morfino. He has a catering service, right? Mr. Morfino, he's working at the um the DA's office. He used to be a um, um Port Arthur police officer. And um the reason why they're having some issues with this, right? Why didn't we one of the main issues is that why didn't this go out for bid? Why didn't he go out for bid? Why do we have to change the other provider? And now we have to go in with this. So we lost $20,000 in doing that now. And we paid Mr. Morfino $60,000 total for four days of emergency preparedness food for first responders. And that's a lot of money, $20,000. $60,000 for three or four days of catering service. Wow. So that's pretty much um, one of the main issues we're going to go ahead and talk about today. It's one of the big issues that's been going on. A lot of people have been having some things to say about it, right? During this process, the city manager of Port Arthur, Mr. Ron Burton, informed us we've turned down free meals, right? We were given free meals. I don't, it doesn't say, the article doesn't say by who. We were turning down free meals that we could have given to our first responders and all, you know, and all. We're turning down free meals and then you know for that we went to go ahead and pay this money so some people will say that we shouldn't rely totally on free meals because we don't know how this is going to work out but i mean you know free meals is you know free meals we should at least look into it take that and also use a paid service i just you know i understand the concern right that you don't want to go to relying totally on free meals and you want to go into a paid service. Pretty understandable, but I don't think we're in a position to go ahead and turn that away. We can kind of use that 
the free meal as much as possible and then go into a paid service, right? Use it as sparingly. You know, that should be, you know, we should go ahead and pay them by the actual meal instead of, you know, just coming down here for where I understand they have a, a mobilization fee or a setup fee. Yeah, that's fine, but we shouldn't have to. We shouldn't be, you know, in the business of turning down free meals. I mean, it's an emergency situation. Somebody's donating and we need to go ahead and take care of that. And also, and also, um, just again, as I said, one of the main issues of this is turning down the contract. Now, in the article, if I remember, the city manager didn't give a good reason why this was turned down and the other contract was was go ahead and, you know, and use. Now, Mr. Mr. Uh, Ron Burton, well, spokesperson for the city, Mr. Ron Burton or the purchasing person, I can't remember which one was it, they said that they had, it was going to take them a long time to get their money from FEMA, right? But the issue is, what would have been the issue, what would have been the difference in using a local provider versus an out-of-state provider of getting your money for FEMA? That, you know, that kind of was unclear. So we paid a total of 80, what? We paid 60, $64,000 for three days, three or four days of food on the local vendor, plus $20,000 for a mobilization fee. So approximately $84,000 we paid to feed emergency responders for for three or four days. Now, what Miss Caitlin Bain was doing is, right, she's a good investigative reporter at the uh, Bowman Enterprise. I've worked with her um, a couple of times on some things. I can't remember what it was, but it was a few things, a few articles, and I don't want to get my opinion if I remember correctly. We uh, worked on a couple of things. It was, she's a good person, great person. I really respect her a lot. I really respect her mind and her articles. So when and, and when she when she asked um, Kenlaw and Moses for a comment, you know, it's one of the um, council members. What, what's going on right here? What do they have to think, feel about it? Now they refused to comment, referring all the questions to the city manager. Now, my biggest issue is right with this. Why are you not? Why are you not going to give an opinion on this, right? This is what we pay you for. This is what you come in and ask to serve for. When we have questions about what's going on with the city finances, you need to be a strong enough person to go ahead and speak on it. You need to to know what's going on to talk about what's happening. Why are we wasting this money right here? What's the good enough reason why are we doing this? What, what's going on? We should be able to call up a council person and, and ask them that. We should be able to expect our council people to go ahead and if the news ask them something, they shouldn't go ahead and be able to answer that. Now, what's double it was troubling. These two council members can talk about every other thing except city finances. Now, we're going to go ahead and go into some conversations they made when they're talking about the pandemic, robberies, uptick, a lot of general information. But when you ask some specific things about specific operations within the city, why are we spending this money? They're supposed to be the stewards of our money. They're supposed to be watching everything that's going on with the city manager, the city, um, city operations, purchasing. They should be have a better eye on our money. All right. Now, also a question was asked, the council member do said. He gave a good, you know, answer on we should take a look at it. 
and we need to investigate it. But, you know, he's not on council anymore, so, you know, don't know how far that's going to go. So the two people on council, they didn't have anything to say from it. So, you know, but now, but now um, when the Port Arthur News talks to him about the pandemic talk, robbery uptick, they have a lot to say, right? I can't remember what day was this in the news, but um, it was sometime about a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago. They did like they had an they had an extensive, not extensive, but kind of extensive article about the pandemic and robbery uptick. Now this is pretty much kind of was talking about they had a um, robbery of a house, right? Attempted robbery, where a young man shot and killed one of the intruders. It was what three intruders, I believe, total. One of the young, the, the young homeowner shot one of the, um, the, um, the robber suspects. That person died. Then the next night, then the next night they went ahead and, um, burned down the house, started, a, started a fire on the house, burnt it down. What a young man defended his life from, right? Now, some of the, con- some of the comments, it's kind of weird and kind of disturbing now, that this is another reason why you need to. Talk to your council members more. Question them more. Make sure they really understand what they're talking about. Make sure they're really fit for the position, right? Because in this article, this article, um, I'm going to start reading some extras, right? Mayor Pro Tem Charlotte Moses, who has also put off his at-large position seven women, said that the pandemic is causing stress in a number of ways. And some of those are dealing with it may act in desperation leading to crime. A high rate of unemployment in the city, which could lead to episodes of mental illness not being treated, is not helping matters either, she suggested now. Let's go ahead and take a look at that statement. <clears throat> well, yes, true, the pandemic can cause stress, desperation, but mostly it's, an, it's a high unemployment, right? Now, we've been had a lot of high unemployment poverty rates with this. So now you can easily see this from the pandemic side of it, but you can't see it as not not city people being hired for a lot of these jobs, a lot of these refinery jobs and stuff over here. So you need to go ahead, have a council member that's strong enough to make the correlation between the two. Because one, they're going to, you know, like her, she's going to talk about the pandemic issues and unemployment, but she's not going to actually relate that to the continuing unemployment that we've been having, right? And the high poverty rate. So we need a person to understand and go ahead and does that. So with some other strange comments, she says the unemployment could lead to episodes of mental illness not being treated. It is not helping matters either, she suggests. So that's kind of a strange, unusual comment, right? Unemployment could lead to mental illness not being treated. I'm, I'm kind of confused on that because normally you can, eh, you can probably go to MHMR if you're indigent, don't have any money or something like that. But it's something you can do if I'm not mistaken. I believe you can call some kind of suicide hotline or something. MH, it's something you can do if you don't have any money because I, I believe MHMR is a state facility that kind of deals with mental illness and stuff like that if I'm not mistaken I believe that's what it is and a lot of people can go over there if you don't have any money so these comments are just 
uh, um, a lot of times you have politicians politician just rambling about different stuff, don't really understand what they're saying. They try to do things to make themselves sound informed. And I'm kind of believing this is some of some of the issue, right? Because some of these comments you'll see doesn't really go together, right? Let's go ahead and take another look at some more comments. Now, you, now she says if you if you do a timeline where you see spikes and increases, there will possibly see the pandemic has caused people to act violently, Moses said. She also declined to name COVID as a sole culprit for the crimes. Now, also, you have a lot of time during the um, during the Christmas holidays, you have a lot of uptick in crime. You have an uptick in crime and theft during the holidays, during the, you know, during the, during the holidays. That's when I, that's when I've normally seen a lot of crime, and a lot of people, you know, say that crimes uptick during the holidays. People, you know, trying to find money for the family, kids, or whatever, turn to crime or whatever. But it's a known fact that crime does have a big uptick during the um, during the holidays. And she also put, there's nothing, there's nothing that indicates to one thing that's a problem, she said. There is nothing that indicates to one thing that's a problem. Uh, it, it's kind of, I'm assuming she's meant to saying that's not one thing that's causing the issue. Right? Now also you have a Council member um Thomas Kenlaw, he's also he's also has a couple of questionable comments on here, right? Uh some of his comments that he also suspects those having to stay at home during the pandemic may become restless. More people are at home, around the house, clustered together because of the curfew we had in place before, Kenlaw said. That could be some of the things contributing to the string of crimes. Now, we didn't have a we didn't have a curfew for a while, at least about six months, if I'm not mistaken. When the when the um, when the pandemic first started, there was a you know, and then a while ago, right, almost like a year. So they didn't start putting that 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 uh, curfew in till like you know some months after that. So I would say about six months when the last time we had the curfew, and then. It's hard to relate the curfew six months ago to the crime right now. So that's kind of a strange comment also. So we just need to understand and understand what these people are talking about. We need to kind of examine everything these council members are saying because a lot of them, if you just listen to them, it tells a lot, right? They kind of ramble, not really making any sense. They A lot of time they just talk about things that doesn't really go together. And you need to identify that and need to use that to qualify the type of council member you have. So a lot of times you see these church going people, these frat people, nice going, happy people, and they don't really know what they're talking about. And they just kind of just, just ramble on a couple of things. So you have a curfew that's been going six months. The curfew has been played, been removed. Everybody's been going to work, you know? So these recent, recent strings of crimes, really wouldn't have anything to do with the curfews. And I also, um, the comment says, but the article says, the first armed robbery in Port Arthur this month occurred at Sunrise Groceries 
5899 West Port Arthur Road, and this evening, December 3rd, according to the police, three men brandished, da da da. It's kind of going over a couple robberies. Oh, also, right here, yeah, another comment, jump back to Moses. Moses said a collaborative effort involving the police and property owners will help reduce violent crime in Port Arthur. She encourages homeowners to install security system with cameras and proper lighting. Now, you just said that we're having a lot of unemployment, right? We have a lot of unemployment. People are stressed out. They don't really have the money to install a security system, cameras, with proper lighting. So you have to understand when, 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 when they're saying this, they're not giving a lot of, they're just saying different things. They're forgetting they're one end of they're saying that you, you know, the issues with the economy. So she needs, she needs to have a solution with that lack of economy in mind. So, um, she should have had something up there, but you have to understand you can't have, can't say the economy is the problem. Then you say people need to install cameras and all this and that and, Lighting, that would be good in the time after the pandemic, but a lot of people don't have the money right now. So that's kind of a um, a, a, a different issue. So, you know, it's not, it doesn't really go to what she's saying. And all she says, with the team effort, she had everybody wins. It's not going to be one police force coming with the plan. So, eh. It's, it's, it's hard to say because you can't have uh, an effort from citizens and police, right? Because the only thing you can say the citizens do is to call the police if they see something. Because you can't talk about tactics with citizens from police, so it doesn't make any sense. You have a lot of citizens that doesn't really understand the legal aspect of the certain tactics that they're using and whatnot. So trying to get a plan from citizens and police that's not a that's not really realistic so to speak right because you can't have input from citizens that don't really understand police tactics that's not going to really work so something which she should have said right there is you need to have more of a um you know just call hey if you see something call if you see something say something that's pretty much the extent of the citizens role on that should be all right, let's go ahead and take a look at some more of the comments in here. She said, we've got, we have to have a collaborative effort to come up with a strategic plan. Somebody has to be concerned. We've got to work together. You know, I already said with the, the problems with that. Now, Ken Law says that the police have to be more visible because people are asked to stay home if they don't have to be away during the COVID crisis and want to feel safe. We have to assure the community that we are deterrent towards crime, Ken Law said. It's a conglomerate of things that have to come together to make sure the community feels safe. Uh, you can you can only police so much, but, you know, I, I, I understand that's a decent comment, probably more patrols, but, you know, it, it's kind of one of those safe comments, not really anything different or whatnot, but it's just a, it's just a safe generic comment. Ken Law also touts the need for educating the public on the importance of locking their doors at home and on their vehicles and not leaving valuables like money, jewelry, and guns inside the vehicle. 
the education piece, we also think we, we all do things we don't think about. We leave money in the ashtray, she said. Sometimes somebody, someone with bad intentions, what do you think they would do? And that kind of comment is kind of pretty much off because most of the things that's going on, the, the main purpose of the, the article is about robbers and the uptick of certain, well, most of that type of crime. Not really petty theft, it's more on the robber type issue. So even though that's a good comment there, it doesn't go with what the the article is and just kind of some generic stuff they're giving out. But the main purpose of me bringing this up right, all of this extra stuff that they don't have to be accountable to, they're ready to give all of their opinions. They're ready to give their opinions, talk about everything on topic and off topic. But whenever something comes with the city manager and some of the finances that he's been spending or some people may call it a misappropriation or just an abuse or an excess of money that we don't need to spend. You can't get any information from the mayor pro tem, Charlotte Moses or Thomas Kinlaw. That's that's the problem. Well, we need to go ahead and take a, a look at that and evaluate what do we will need our council members to do. We need them to Make sure the city's finances are being used properly. And that is to answer tough questions. We need council members to answer the tough questions. Now, this, all of this becomes a problem when you have three new council members now. Mind you, we have three new council members that doesn't know a lick of what's going on, doesn't have a clue. They may actually think this is proper protocol, but you need to have people that, with the experience that goes in and knows how to do some of this stuff. That needs to go ahead and can answer some of these questions. They can call the city manager to the count. Hey, what's going on? Was why are we spending this amount of money? And and like um, what I like the reporter did, she asked more detailed questions of the city manager, and kind of hey, you know, kind of put in the article. Hey, this doesn't really make sense. Um, and we getting a different provider. You didn't explain how this is going to, the city is going to get their money back quicker. So you need somebody that that's kind of quick on the, on the mind frame and kind of understand some of the tricks that the city manager will play. So we need somebody that knows their job, knows what to do, knows how to deal with all of this because, hey, this is why our money gets, gets taken away from us. That's why we don't have the money to do anything. That's why we can't get anything done is because, we have council members that don't know what they're doing, inexperienced, and probably in on some of the uh, misappropriations. So we need to make sure that we qualify actual people that can know how to do the job. Now, right, this is going to go ahead and bring me to a segment with, like, with, with our crash dummies. Now, again, we have some crash dummies that like to go ahead and co-sign this mess, right? We have actually crash dummies that think that should that'll tell you Charlotte Moses that one minute they'll be married at Charlotte Moses because they didn't give them a gratuity or they didn't give them enough money for whatever reason, right? Then the next week they'll come out and tell you that, hey, Charlotte Moses the best person out there. They really support them. They think that person will be a good mayor. But hold on, you were just talking about money. One issue, I guess they may have made up that money. Now 
that person you hated, now you support them now. So you 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 supporting people for the wrong reason, right? You have these um, pay-to-play type of media personalities that that just, you know, are paid just to promote whatever. They don't really have the city in mind. They don't really have you in mind. They can't really look at information and decipher it, Ryan, right? They can't look at city, city situations and dissect it and tell you what's going on, right? I'm one of the best ones that can do that locally here. Just like just like what you've seen from the article from the Beaumont Enterprise where Ken Law and Moses didn't want to have a comment, you need to make sure that your council members are accountable and ready to comment on tough issues. Man, that's, that's the only way you can have this city being held accountable. You need them to be able to answer these questions, right? Don't listen to these crash dummies that tell you that, hey, they like them for whatever reason. You know, without giving you any kind of proof or any kind of detailed information on why that they should do what they're doing, right? Or why they should get their get their um, get their support without just paying them. So that's just something to think about. Now, also on the crash dummy files, right? You have people that doesn't have a clue what they're talking about, right? They just come up on media platforms and just starting to ramble, ramble like they're crazy. I mean. They just start making up stuff, right? Now, I don't want to, I didn't really want to keep going on this one person, but it's like the gift that keeps on giving. They keep talking about things that they don't have no clue. And I think this person just gets excited, right? Gets excited on talking and just start making up stuff as they go. Now, this guy, this one person, right? He's talking about the doggone vaccine. He's saying that they're going to have the vaccine at your job, right? So when you start going to your job, it's going to be giving you the vaccine. Hey, you want to take the vaccine? Boom. Get McDonald's, get the vaccine? Boom. Get your office cubicle, get the vaccine. Get the plant, get the vaccine. Excuse me. So, yeah, so they're going to start doing this at your work spot. So which is kind of crazy to me. You know, from what I know, the vaccine, they need to be kept in some type of temperature, cool place. So it just, hard for me to think it's just going to happen to everybody's job, just everywhere they're working at. So, you know, you may not have a place that has proper medical refrigeration and all that stuff that you need for the virus to keep it cool, the right temperature or whatnot. So let's just go ahead and take a look at this and listen to see about the pure misinformation. You have to be careful of this. Hold on. They're gonna be taking look. They're gonna have people at 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 buildings giving you the shot that you work at this building. They're gonna be giving you. They're gonna, they're gonna have people at that building giving you the uh, the shot. There. Okay. While well, people coming in, they they're gonna tell you on your Zoom. Come on to work. We're gonna be we're gonna be giving this shot then. Those that want to take it, take it. If you don't want to take it, they're going to put a list on you and know what well, this person didn't take the shot. So if this person get COVID, well, they ain't going to they ain't gonna handle, handle you rough, but they're going to tell you, you're going to be on the list that you didn't take the shot. Oh, that's how it's going to work, guys. 
So people, that's that's really that's really crazy right there. We have this guy that's saying that they're gonna have you'll be taking a shot on your job. On your job. Now, as he's implying every job, he's not saying just medical jobs, right? He, he's implying every doggone job. Hey, take the shot and you go and you go have your list, okay? Of course, they'll have a list of, well, not a list of some kind of database of people that haven't took it. Yeah, I can see that, but I don't believe they're going to have it in everybody's job. So you just have to be careful with the people that you're listening to, a lot of people that you're getting information from. Because a lot of these people don't have a clue what they're talking about. I mean, just just be careful. People like to get excited and just start repeating things that they have no idea about. And don't even put nothing they're saying in the context. Okay, so now we just had a goddamn insurrection. We had Donald Trump being accused of telling his supporters to go down to Washington, the Washington Capitol, Washington, D.C., and go ahead and take over. So uh, that's the hottest thing in the news today. They've already arrested a few people. They have people that went in there to destroy property. One lady has been shot by uh, who I presume is a Secret Service agent or, um, or Capitol Hill police. She was shot. They was, she was trying to climb through the windmill. Some other uh, rioters, protesters, had busted down some of the windows from a door that was barricaded. I mean, I mean, it was, it was crazy. We, me and my wife been watching MSNBC, NBC for a few mornings, and we just seeing it all day long. Man, it just you don't really understand the diabolical, just the evilness of the rioters. Man, they going in there trashing up everything. And man, the police—they barely want to touch him. Man, they—they they pushing on the police. The police pushing back like a tug of war. And 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 heck, if there was any other any other um, non-white domestic terrorists or even out-of-state terrorists—I mean, out-of-country terrorists or international terrorists—I should mean—that they would have been shot him, been beat the crap out of him. And man, they, they, I don't think they would have made it inside the capitals. They did, man. They, the police was had them with handled them with soft gloves. I mean, they didn't really want to do them anything, barely. I mean, besides that one person that got shot. And uh, they had some other news reports about they was putting fecal matter all over the, the ground and all the wall, man. You would it only takes a special type of animal that that goes in, use the restroom, defecate take that same feces and spread it all across the wall of the of the Capitol. Man, it's just crazy. That's uh, just crazy and outright nasty. And you're doing that, damaging property, killing police, going to Nancy Pelosi's office, taking pictures everywhere, putting your feet up on the on the um on the desk, trashing papers taking people's computers I, I mean it was a wild spectacle it was a wild spectacle and I hope all them jokers get arrested I hope them jokers get arrested and do some real hard time I don't know because they're white and unfortunately this is what white privilege is right white privilege is you can go in and tear up the doggone tear up the doggone state capital not get that many arrests 
and just pretty much have a freedom to do what you want to do. So, but one of the funny things is all the people that's getting arrested right now, right? The ones so far, they've been rolling over on Trump. They've been saying Trump is the one that brought them out there. They came out there just following the president's orders. But hey, they they probably have a legitimate case, though, right? They can probably blame a lot of that on President Trump. They're going to they gonna probably try to hang Trump for this. They're going to try to hang him because uh, I didn't see him, but I do believe they have some uh, Twitter posts about him going, you know, tell him to go there and get rowdy or whatever and, you know, act a fool, if I'm not mistaken. You know, something similar to that. And so this, <laughs> and, and Nancy Pelosi, man, she's a beast with it. She's not going to. Uh, let some average bum just come in and destroy her office and not have anything to do with it. I'm pretty sure they activated the FBI. All of those law enforcement agencies that, hey, go ahead and put your foot down on these, on these folks behind right here. It's, it's a message that needs to be sent, right? That you're not going to tolerate none of that. And, and it shows the weakness of our country, man. Look, we can have somebody, we can have people go in and tear it up if we want to. So it looks bad on us on the international perspective. So we need to go ahead and just nip the head in the butt, show these these thugs, show these animals that, hey, there's no room for these white supremacist groups to come in here and just start tearing everything up. You can't do what you want. They need to be dealt with swift and they need to be dealt with hard. I mean... That's the only way you're going to stop this, man, because, oh, and also you need to go through and have these stringent, stringent, um, stringent, um, screening process for these police, because the FBI had a thing, I think a while back, I can't remember when it was, 2006, or it probably could have been a little later there, and most of these law enforcement agencies have been infiltrated, so we have to watch out. These law enforcement agents have been infiltrated with white supremacists. And also, you know, they, they go not just in one city or one state. It goes all over. White and, and it's not a surprise that you've seen white supremacists taking a picture with these police. Police letting them in, laying down the barricades. They're all complicit with it. So you have to understand, it all comes back to racism, white supremacy. You want to stop all of this stuff, you have to deal with white supremacy as a... As a, to- as a terrorist group, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You can't use the excuse on Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter never done this. And yeah, and uh, some of the riots that they have done, there's a lot of white folks in Black Lives Matter. Those are the ones who have been doing a lot of riots and pushing all of the uh, the uh, fake agenda. So you got to watch out for that too. So hey, it's, 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 a, it's a weird time right now. So everybody needs to be aware and just and just keep your head on the swivel with all of these things going on in politics. You need to, man. Look, if you're not in the politics right now, I don't know what else to get you in there because you really need to be be focused, understand how politics is played, what's going on, and how you need to maneuver in it. So, um, that's pretty much it so far. It's gonna be a short podcast today, and I'll be back with you another episode sometime soon. Take it easy. Peace.